You know, uh, God really is great. Do I see Billy Carlton back there? How many bones did you break in that wreck? How many? Sixteen. Okay. Are you are you supposed to be like up and walking around and doing this? Are you are you supposed to be here? You're supposed to be at heaven. Well, you're just gonna have to wait, honey. And we're glad you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Ha! Oh. Yeah. I remember. I remember getting the getting the call. And you can be seated. Uh, yeah. I I, uh, I I had just been told that that Billy was here, and I was like, no. Yeah. Well, she is. That's great. Uh, most of you hadn't been here long enough to remember when, uh, when, when, when Todd and Billy were here, but they, they live in Texas now, and it's a dangerous place. It's a dangerous place to live. You probably... Great job, guys. <laughs> yeah. You all know what tomorrow is? Okay, we got, we got some education we need to do here. Uh, <laughs> uh, tomorrow, tomorrow is the day. Tomorrow's Christmas Day. Uh, and we, uh, we'll have a service from 11 to 12. Uh, how many of you have been to a Christmas service here before? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 uh, to me, it's, one of the, it's probably the best day of the year in terms of, in terms of services. I don't know. Easter's pretty good. But... Uh, but yeah, Christmas Day from, from, from 11 to 12, we will have you out by 12 because we realize that some of you got places to go and things to do, but take an hour for him. You know, take an hour for him. I promise you it will fill up your day in a way that if you haven't, if you're not used to doing uh, a service on Christmas Day, it will fill up your day in a way that it hasn't been filled up in a long time, in a really good way, yeah. But today's Christmas Eve, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the the message of His coming. How many of you open presents on Christmas Eve? What's wrong with y'all? You're supposed to wait. You gotta gotta have patience. Yeah. Uh, anyway, stand up. It's okay. You can open your presents whenever you want to. Uh, and let's read from the book of Luke. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem 
and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your promises are yes and amen and that your word is sure and that it is just as we have been told. I pray, Father, that it would invade our hearts today, that where there is coldness, there would be warmth. Where there is hardness, there would be softness. That you would quicken us, make us alive. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. That's Luke chapter 2. I encourage you tonight, whether you open presents tonight or tomorrow or whenever, at some point tonight, uh, I would encourage you to uh, get a Bible out. And read it out loud. Read it to, to your family. Read it who, whoever whoever's with you. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you need to do that. Uh, this is one of, uh, there are two times in the year when, uh, when, when we got people's attention. There are two times in, in, uh, in the year culturally uh, when, we're in, when people are inclined to, to be open to hearing the story of Christ. To be open to, be, to hearing the, the, the claims of about Christ. Uh, now there are seasons in individual lives. You know there are funerals when people when people are being buried. Oftentimes people become really open uh, to hearing about the gospel. Uh, the birth of a child, uh, especially a first child, because oftentimes that brings about some pretty radical change in a person's life. <laughs> in fact, what am I saying? A birth of a first child always brings about radical change in a person's life. Birth of a second child brings about change in a person's life. Birth of a third child, oh well. Uh, <laughs> it's already changed about as much as it can be changed at that point. <laughs> but, but, but the birth of a child tends to, to open people up to, to something new, to something, something different, something changing in their life. Uh, sickness, hard sickness coming along, or maybe, maybe financial distress or... You know, there are those things in individual lives, but culturally, in terms of, in terms of all of the people basically that are around us, uh, there, are, <clears throat> there, there are two times each year that people are, are more receptive to it, Christmas and, and Easter, those two times. Uh, when I was a child, uh, for about three or four weeks before Christmas, we would get these, and there were Christmas cards, and people don't send Christmas cards much anymore, and... and Quite frankly, Margaret and I don't send Christmas cards much because uh, we have your email, but uh, you know we don't we don't have that many physical addresses and things. Uh, <clears throat> but the, you notice anything different about those cards? They like tell the story. I mean, they're actually on point. They're what they're what the the season is about. You got the star. You got shepherds. You got angels. You got peace. You got. You know, so somebody could at least look at one of those and go, what's this? Uh, 
back, back in those days, the Christmas carols that were sung, you know, were actually Christmas carols. They were actually about Jesus. Uh, they weren't about the little Saint Nick, and they weren't about, you know, uh, oh, baby, please come home, you know, for Christmas, uh, and things like that. Uh, in Nashville, they had a, they had a life-size nativity in front of the Parthenon for years and years. It, it, it was a fabulous thing. In fact, it stretched from beyond one side of the Parthenon to beyond the other side of the Parthenon. They'd have, uh, they'd had these figures that had been designed in, in, in Italy and they designed them and they brought them over and, and, uh, it, it was an, it was an incredible, oh, they had colored lights and all, all kinds of things. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, that was, that was part of what the culture is about. Uh, now you can hardly find anything like that. And, and in fact, I, I was, I was thinking, well, it's mostly about Santas and reindeers and stuff like that. No, it's even worse than that. Uh, <clears throat> what you get today, it's kind of like this. And I have no idea what Yoda Santa is holding in, in his hand there. If anybody can figure that out and tell me, it, it looks, that's his cane? Oh, the top of his cane. Did you buy one of these cards? Is that, is that why you know that? <clears throat> How many of you know what let it snow, let it snow, let it snow is all about? Oh, the rest of you are lying. Uh, it, it's, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it's about. Uh, I think that guy's name's John Snow. Uh, all I want for Christmas is a, is a lamb. <clears throat> anyway, uh, you know, we may rail against the secularization of Christmas and, you know, I, I guess there's. Well, actually, there's nothing to be gained by that. It, 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 is, it is what it is. Uh, but the business of Christmas never was about Christ. That must be news. It's always been about money. God, God did not call Walmart to share the gospel. God did not call Starbucks to proclaim the message of his birth. And we sometimes think, you know, well, you know, do you know Starbucks is using the wrong kind of Christmas cups? <laughs> and I just don't think I'll go there anymore because they use the wrong kind of Christmas cups. They say, they say the wrong thing on them. And I'm going to do my bit for Jesus by not going to Starbucks this year. And that tends to be the way that tends to be the way that that we that we kind of feel about that. That's what it sort of has become for 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 so many people. You know, well, if this business uh, is not, you know, if it looks secular, I don't want to have anything to do. You know, I only drink milk from a Christian cow. <laughs> you know? And the truth of the matter is, God didn't call corporate America. To promote the gospel. And we can complain about them not doing it because we're not doing it either. And that at least makes us feel like we're doing something. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, that everybody should have clapped. But thank you, Don. 
I mean, that's an important point. It, 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 it absolutely is. They, they carry the good news of good coffee or good news of low prices or good news of whatever it is that, 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 that they carry. God actually entrusted the message of the gospel to people, to his people. That's, that's who he in, entrusted it to. And so we carry the good news of eternal life and salvation. Let's see, good coffee or eternal life? Which one? Three things about the message. And they're all in that first sentence that we read. And the first one is, <clears throat> it's good news. Yeah, this, this, is, this is good news. Suppose you bought gas today somewhere for a dollar a gallon. Well, all right. Would you tell somebody? Well, it all depends, unless you thought, you know, they were going to go get your gas and there wouldn't be any left. You might, you might not. But by and large, you go, guess what happened to me today? Guess what I found today? I bought gas for a dollar a gallon. Woo! Yeah. You know, I, we'd all be doing that. We, 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 would, we would all be saying that because that's, that's good news. Assuming it really is real gas. I mean, <laughs> something good happened to me. And it can happen to you too. And I can tell you where, where to find it. I can, I can tell you where it is. I, I, I can tell you about that. I, uh, several years ago, I don't really remember quite how many, uh, a guy named Rob Bell, who a lot of people feel like is a heretic, and I don't know, maybe he is, but I'm not sure about that, wrote a book uh, called Love Wins. <clears throat> and I wrote a review of it uh, for Amazon. Actually, I do know how long ago it was. It was six years ago because I titled it A 61-Year-Old Evangelical Pastor's Take. And, uh, you know, so I, a lot of people read it. A lot of people commented on it. And I, I, didn't, I didn't state that, you know, hey, I agree with, with what Rob Bell is saying because, quite frankly, he wasn't saying anything. He wasn't taking a position. He was just raising questions. And I said, you know, these are some questions that, we probably ought to talk about. These are some questions that we probably should address rather than being uh, off limits, you know, things, that, uh, things that, that should be discussed. You would have thought from the comments that I got that I had said hell didn't exist. I didn't. Hell exists, people. I mean, uh, in case you don't know and in case you're wondering what I think about that, hell exists, and that's why we need a Savior well, that's one of the reasons why we need a Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world. We were already condemned. He came so that, so that those who believe in him um, might be saved. You know, and I, I, I absolutely believe that. But, you know, there, it, it, there are some people who like to take the good news and go, well, we need to mix a little, we need to put a little sand in that. We, we, need, to put some, we need to put some bad news before we give people the good news. I mean, people got bad news coming out their ears and going in their ears, unfortunately, quite frankly, most all the time. You know, what about some pure, 
unadulterated, clean, good news. You know, it's one thing to say, go clean up your room. It's another thing to say, your room has been cleaned up. And that's what the good news is. Your room has been cleaned up. You know? And, and that's, so, so first of all, the message is, is good news. Secondly, this good news brings great joy. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, here's the tricky part, then your face will surely show it. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Good grief. Christians can be some of the most dour, unhappy people in the entire world. Well, praise God. Don't you want to be like me? You know? Uh, no. Not actually. And, and, yet, and yet we should. I mean, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, these. Does this work anymore? Wait a minute. What is this doing? My little thing has freaked out. I think I touched something wrong. There you go. All right. What are, what are all these people have in common? Oh, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're smiling. Do you know who these people are? You probably know some of them. Yeah, uh, the guy up in the upper right, probably only very few of you would know. His name is Watchman Nee. Uh, he was uh, he was one of the pioneers of the gospel in China uh, during uh, well during the Cultural Revolution, which wasn't really a good time to be a pioneer of the gospel in China or anything to do with the gospel. Uh, the lady right under him is Corey Timboom. Um, she, uh, she spent time in a Nazi concentration camp. The Nazis killed her, her whole family. Uh, her sister was in, was in the camp with her and, and, uh, and was killed right before they were, they were freed and released. Uh, the, the guy down at the bottom there, that's Eugene Peterson. He, he, uh, wrote the message, uh, Bible and uh, has written a bunch of books. And, uh, basically, uh, basically he, he has spent most of his year, most of his career either um, uh, writing books, teaching in college, or pastoring small churches. And then, of course, the one you probably most likely recognize, Mother Teresa, uh, you know, she spent most of her life holding people as they died. Why are these people smiling? They're smiling because they have spent years walking with Jesus Christ. Smiling because in spite of concentration camps and holding the dead and the cultural revolution and in spite of the, the, the trials of pastoring small churches or big churches or middle-sized churches for that matter, uh, you know, Jesus is real to them. Good news of great joy. Say, well, you know, you, you smile because you're happy. No, you, you can smile when you're happy, but when, when the happy goes away, the smile goes away. 
You know, and I'm not saying you got to go around all the time. But if, you, but if you can control your facial muscles, and not everybody can. That, that, that's not funny. Not everybody can. But if you can control your facial muscles, you can tell your face to smile. And if you're communicating, if you were talking about getting gas for a dollar, you'd have a smile on your face. Whenever you're talking about something good that has happened, it's a smile on your face. Good news of, of, of great joy that will be for all people. All people. Can you find yourself in that? Uh, that? That actually is people. See, one of the problems of getting caught up in, uh, in the culture wars is that we tend to categorize people. Uh, and in doing so, we dehumanize them. It's cultural pornography. Because you see, that's what pornography does. It dehumanizes somebody. It, 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 it takes them from being a human being and turns them into an object. And whenever we are involved in, you know, well, this one's a liberal, this one's a conservative, this one's a Cowboys fan, this one's a, 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 a whatever, you know, are we, are we are, this one is black, this one's white, this one's red, this one's whatever they may happen to be. We are, we, we, we are taking their humanity away from them and turning them into a classification. But this news is for all, all people. <laughs> oh, you know, if you, and we, we get, we get so, we have such tunnel vision. You know, in, in this country, we, we tend to think basically in terms that it's all about black and white. You know, if you took, if you took a hundred people who are representative of all of the, all of the, the groups, all the ethnic groups in the, in the world, uh, about 15 of them would be black and about 15 of them would be white. That leaves a whole lot of people that we tend to not even think about. Over 50 of them would be Asian when you get right down to it. I hadn't said that in a long time, have I? It, but it, yeah, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, and when we use those words, conservative, liberal, traditionist, um, charismatic, uh, you know, we, we, those are code words. Those are code words that basically tend to dehumanize people. Uh, Romans 14, 4 is, is one of my, is, is, is a verse that has sustained me in a lot of ways. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master they stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. And so what I'm called to do is I'm called to love and share the gospel. Nowhere in Scripture am I called to judge. And yet, that tends to rise to the top of our priorities, and loving and sharing the gospel kind of goes down a bit, because those things are harder than judging. Judging is very easy. Any, anybody can do that. This is uh, <clears throat> Christmas Eve, for those who don't 
don't know it. Tomorrow is Christmas Day. Um, a lot of you will, uh, will watch uh, Christmas Carol at some point tonight. And that's, that's a good thing. I, I approve. I approve of, uh, of what better. Don't watch Bad Santa, okay? Uh, a Christmas Carol. Yeah. You're, I, I haven't watched Bad Santa. You know, that's, that's, one, that's one of the things. Well, never mind. Uh, but there's a speech early on in it. That is so impactful that it tends to get glossed over sometimes. I don't know what version you will watch, but it's, it's when, uh, it's when uh, nephew Fred comes to visit his uncle Scrooge. And Scrooge is saying, bah, humbug. You know, he goes, Christmas a humbug. I'm sure you don't mean that, uncle. Oh, I, I do, you know. Uh, keep it in your own way. Let me keep it in mine. He says, keep it. You don't keep it at all. Let me leave it alone then. Much good may it do you, much good has it ever done you. And Fred goes, uh, there are a great many things from which I uh, may have profited. Uh, Christmas among the rest. And though it's never put a, a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, uh, I'm sure I've always thought of Christmas when it comes around. Apart from the veneration due to its sacred name and origin, if anything connected to it can be a part of that, boy, have times changed. Uh, as a good time, a kind, forgiving, pleasant time. The only time I know of the long calendar of the year when men and women, by, by common consent, tend to open their shut-up hearts and view others around them as if they really were fellow passengers to the grave and not another race of creatures on other journeys. That's good stuff. Good news that brings great joy for all people. And what is the good news? Well, the good news is simply this. The Savior is born. Savior's born. Are you a sinner? What a coincidence. I'm a sinner too. Wow, we've got something in common. Hey, you know what? There's a Savior been born for people like us, for people like me, for, 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 for people like you, for, for all people, for that matter. God has invaded our world in a way that almost nobody saw coming. Except maybe Isaiah, Micah, you know. But the, but the rest of us, uh, we, we didn't see this coming. We, we didn't see this happening this way. The Savior has come. The Savior has come. I, I was talking last week about uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. And, uh, boy, I got a bunch of reactions for that. I mean, you mentioned Charlie Brown's Christmas and things go... Whew, it just elevates the conversation immediately. And, and I was talking about the fact that when I saw it, when it first aired on television, that I kind of thought it was lame. And I, I, uh, I looked up, well, actually, uh, somebody in the congregation looked up when it first aired, and I discovered why I thought it was lame. <laughs> I was 15. <laughs> Everything's lame when you're 15. Yeah. At least if you didn't think of it. 
of course. But, uh, but it was because it acted as if people didn't know why we celebrate Christmas. <laughs> well, that was then. And this is now. And they don't know. They don't know. And it's not Walmart's job to tell them. And it's not Starbucks' job. To th- it's not even Chick-fil-A's job. They're closed today. They're going to be closed tomorrow, too. Yeah. It's, it's our job to tell them. A Savior's been born. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about him. And everyone who heard was amazed what the shepherds had told them. What have you been told about this child? Was it true? I had been told that he would take away my sins. Check. I had been told that he would give purpose and meaning to my life. Check. I had been told that he would never leave me nor forsake me. Check. Personal testimony cannot be refuted. Cannot be. You know, personal testimony is the most powerful thing, the most powerful thing that you've got. What you believe cannot be refuted. And, and, and here's, here's the good news about the good news. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. <laughs> There's that word again, everyone. First to the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The gospel is supreme. It is the best news mankind has ever heard. I mean, there's, there's nothing about it that isn't good. No, nothing, nothing, nothing. It has no downside whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about you. I've been, getting, I've been getting a bunch of emails lately from some Amazon something, you know, click on this link, get 50 bucks. You know, oh, that's good news till you click on the link. And then you find out, wait a minute, there's a downside here. And virtually all the good news that the world has to give you has got a downside to it. This has none. None, none, none whatsoever. And it is, it is the truth. And we need not be afraid. We need not be de- defensive. We don't, we don't have to force. Uh, you know, God did not call us to force people to come to Jesus. Because you can't do that. And if you did force people to come to Jesus, they're really just, they're really just trying to get you off their back. They're not coming to Jesus. That was pretty good, too. Someone may have a different viewpoint. Okay, they got a different viewpoint. I'll guarantee you it's not better than the one you got. Someone may think, no, I got this. I'll guarantee you what they got doesn't begin to offer what you got and what you have to offer to them. And just because faith is involved, don't don't think that... Don't think that that means in any way it's inferior. Faith is involved in every thing anybody thinks or believes. Faith is involved in everything. There may be people who pretend like faith isn't it. Faith is involved. 
You know, uh, one of the things that uh, you'll often hear about about Christmas, especially uh, when you're talking about, oh, this is when people should love people and and you know and and get together with family and warm cheer, yada yada. Is wow, what can it be Christmas all year round? You know, well that yeah, that that's great. And, and it should be Christmas all year round, but understand, that's not just about giving and getting presents and showing love. And it, it's also about sharing the message. You know, our, our culture may be more open to hearing it right now, but there are people who desperately need it in January, February, March, April, May. I'm not going to say them all. Don't worry. Yeah. I know you're getting hungry. <laughs> There are people who need it on Monday. Uh, yeah, tomorrow is Monday, by the way. Tomorrow's Christmas. It's also Monday. And people especially need the message on Monday. You should remember that the next Monday. Well, that's New Year's Day. The next Monday <laughs> after that. Yeah. All year round. Because the news is good all year round. And the joy to be brought is great all year round. And it's for people, all people. 